Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 226. On the top floor around the other side, overlooking the lake. There you go, Mike. Thank you, Mr. Hinzelman. Can I give you anything toward gas? Just Hinzelman, and you don't owe me a penny. Merry Christmas from me and from Tessie. Are you sure you wouldn't accept anything? The old man scratched his chin. Tell you what, he said. Sometime in the next week or so, I'll come by and sell you some tickets for our raffle. Charity. For now, young man, you can be getting on to bed. Shadow smiled. Merry Christmas, Henselman, he said. The old man shook Shadow's hand with one red-knuckled hand. It felt as hard and as calloused as an oak branch. Now, you watch the path as you go up there. It's going to be slippery. I can see your door from here at the side there. See it? I'll just wait in the car down here until you're safely inside. You just give me the thumbs up when you're in okay, and I'll drive off. He kept the went idling until Shadow was safely up the wooden steps on the side of the house, and he opened the apartment door with his key. The door to the apartment swung open. Shadow made a thumbs-up sign, and the old man in the went, Tessie, thought Shadow, and the thought of a car with a name made him smile one more time. Hinzelman and Tessie swung around and made their way back across the bridge. Shadow shut the front door. The room was freezing, and it smelled of people who had gone away to live other lives, and of all they had eaten and dreamed. He found the thermostat and cranked it up to 70 degrees. He went into the tiny kitchen, checked the drawers, opened the avocado-colored refrigerator, but it was empty. No surprise there, at least the fridge smelled clean inside, not musty. There was a small bedroom with a bare mattress in it beside the kitchen, next to an even tinier bathroom that was mostly shower stall. An aged cigarette butt floated in the toilet bowl, staining the water brown. Shadow flushed it away. He found sheets and blankets in a closet and made the bed. Then he took off his shoes, his jacket, and his watch, and he climbed into the bed fully dressed, wondering how long it was going to take him to get warm. The lights were off, and there was silence, mostly. Nothing but the... And that's our page. Here we get the first mention of the charity raffle that Hinzelman does. It's one of those small town sorts of things that pops up pretty regularly in the lakeside segments. Since I don't have a lot to discuss, I had to really dig into what to talk about, so I decided I was going to focus on the thumbs-up symbol. The earliest recorded usage was in ancient Rome. It's unclear if the thumbs-up was actually a good thing, as it is in our modern times. Some recent research seems to indicate that a thumbs-up would mean the gladiator would be killed, and it's not clear either way. In the Middle Ages, an archer could theoretically have used a fist with a thumb extended to make certain that the distance between the string and the bow itself was about 7 inches, Mine personally measures about six and a half, but I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of. The OED points to a 1917 novel entitled Over the Top by Arthur Guy Empey. In the glossary of terms in the back of the book, called Tommy's Dictionary of the Trenches, it reads, Thumbs up. Tommy's expression, which means everything is fine with me, very seldom used during an intense bombardment. Wikipedia states, though, that thumbs up is equatable to the middle finger in parts of West Africa and some Middle Eastern countries, but does not provide a source for this information, so I'm not completely certain of it. I do remember hearing this at some point in the early to mid-90s, but could swear that I also then read something that this was more of a myth. But as much as this book is about deconstructing myths, I didn't really dig too deeply into the research. I just wanted to get to five minutes recording time so I could, I don't know, make those big podcasting books. Though we can also talk about Shadow's apartment at least a little bit, now that I've gone completely off the page. Avocado-colored fridge suggests that the interior decor hasn't been updated since the 1970s. In fact, a web search for avocado green appliances brings up almost exclusively retro 70s websites and images. But honestly, I sort of like the ones that I found. 
Also, I have to point out the line, it smelled of people who had gone away to live other lives and of all they had eaten and dreamed. It's a fantastic line, but also dreams. Another question I don't have an answer for, though. Who left the cigarette butt in Shadow's toilet? I guess it could be just simple as the owner of the building maybe was smoking in there, but that doesn't seem like the right answer, especially because why the fuck would you smoke in your apartment that you're renting out to some person? I guess you could just be an asshole, but that doesn't seem to fit within the novel. I'm just trying to figure out if there's a smoking god who's just an asshole and leaves his shit behind like that, but I I didn't come up with much. Wondering how long it would take him to get warm is a common thing for Shadow in the next chapter or two. Lakeside is a cold-ass place, and Shadow is wholly unprepared for the level of winter he's going to be dealing with. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for the use of his version of St. James Infirmary Blues as the show's theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real.